Hey guys, so there was a slight hiccup when we were trying to record our show. Basically what happened is we forgot to hit record on our Zoom H4, and we missed about the first 15 minutes or so, where we introduced ourselves and talked about Bigfoot, but the rest of it is still there, and I gotta say, I'm really proud of what we came up with, so without further ado, here is the first episode of Grim Creepers. back baby and time to run back into this bigfoot talk let's see what we got here last we were talking about uh william rowe and his 1957 bigfoot sighting the one the bigfoot sighting to end all bigfoot sightings this is considered kind of a classic it bears so many similarities to all of the bigfoot sightings that came after and one in particular the film version the famous film, the Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin film, oh. allegedly depicting the mythical beast. It's been the subject of so much debate in the scientific community because you can't see a zipper. And as much as people try to debunk it, there's um, a few things that keep people questioning its validity as, a, um, as evidence of this wood ape. Now, is this the one where he, like, it has the, the picture from it where he looks like he's, like, casually strolling to yep, the store? Yeah, you know, just walking along, swinging his arms, yeah. he looks over the shoulder. It's very grainy and it's shaky, but um, some people have stabilized it, and uh, it's a really famous. Primate expert John Napier thought that this made the idea of Bigfoot completely plausible. He was even quoted as saying, I am convinced that Sasquatch exists. However, he was critical of the Patterson-Gimlin film, citing the foot-size-to-height ratio, as well as oh, the Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that foot-size-to-height ratio, that'll get them every time. Fake you know? news. <laughs> just look at that foot-size. That's unbelievable. The I mean, foot-size-to-height ratio is just, it's not right. <laughs> it's just super unnatural. As well as the hourglass shape of the creature's feet, I mean, an hour, I love me an hourglass shape on some foot. Yeah, yeah. oh Just man. Just some nice curvature. Man, she got an hourglass <laughs> shape on that foot, baby. Ooh. I wonder if foot fetishists think about that. Is there any foot fetishists out there? If you could just give us a shout out and tell us um, if you think that feet can have an hourglass shape. And if that has any appeal, I really don't understand what you're all about. So I, I'm like I, so honestly, curious. I feel like that would be pretty attractive, right? Like, yeah, I don't people know, lots like of curves. curves. Yeah. yeah, curves are like, or maybe an Feet angular are foot. Cute, man, send Is us an an email. Foot angular? <laughs> <laughs> Questions. Uh, so Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, so the hourglass shape of the foot and the foot size to height ratio were apparently evidence that it was a hoax to him. But on the contrary, American anthropologist Grover Krantz was completely convinced that the creature in the film had distinguishing features that could not be replicated by a human in a gorilla costume. Of course. Um, he was impressed by the realism of the creature's locomotion and noted that the subject's knee regularly bent more than 90 degrees. Oh, the, can we can we just talk about the word locomotion for a second? It's yeah. so good and so not good. used nearly <laughs> enough. <laughs> He's chug-a-lugging that big foot. Oh, man, look, look at, at him his go. locomotion. <laughs> There goes Bigfoot. Woot All right. Woot. I'm adding that into my repertoire of vernacular. Uh -huh. Love it. 
Yeah. This, he gets really technical about this. The human leg bends at less than 70 degrees. Right, right. Compared to the 90 degrees, which would mean that the subject's feet are lifting 10 inches off the ground with every stride, which is seven inches higher than the modern man. And apparently, like, people have tried to stage this so many times. You can look up, like, recreations with, like, costume design teams and, like, cinematographers who are really trying to capture this. And it always looks kind of unnatural. Nobody can quite get the motion down, which is um, part of the evidence. I, I use that uh, liberally. I that think it's <laughs> clear evidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, true skeptic, real believer, uh, that it's evidence and it's real, real evidence. Krantz also noted the subject's unusual shoulder width and natural looking musculature, which he didn't believe could be replicated by a human hoaxer. I mean, again, sounds pretty attractive. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Bigfoot is ripped. I don't know if you knew that. He's I feel like <laughs> there is a ton of, like, Bigfoot fanfic. Like, people are really into Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm on Tumblr, so I see people talking all the time about how much they just want to get... I can't, words that I can't repeat on this show. Because we're a family-friendly program, okay? We're monstrous, but we're very friendly. We're kind of like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yes, I like that a lot. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Mm-hmm. Sci other scientists have weighed in, but no one can really come to a conclusion about it until a body is found. Every scientist who's skeptical about this always says, where's the body? If there's so many Sasquatches out there, uh, there's been over 3,000 reports of Sasquatches over 90 years, according Where to Huffington Post. Where is the Post. body? Where's the body? Where the heck is the body? Where are they hiding them? So uh, this was something that really interested me. I wanted to see what the believers had to say about this. What was their evidence? Where, why, why, why haven't there been any bones? Where um, are the bones? Where's the body? Show me that bone, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Family okay, program. I was gonna like bring I up the I was gonna bring up the Bigfoot Daddy thing, but I thought I wasn't. We weren't gonna get there. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> <laughs> Most believers say that the bones are in secluded areas that humans haven't found yet, which is... I, okay, this isn't the ocean. I mean, yeah, it's there. there's a lot of research that's been done. We live in an internet age now. We have Google Maps. We should be able to find, like, Bigfoot bodies, if there are any. They also think that the bones deteriorate very quickly, which... Um, no, I mean, we still have fossil records of human evolutionary ancestors from millions of years ago yeah, people <laughs> are like if we can find dinosaur bones why can't we find bigfoot bones me that's what i cling to i say they dissolve fast we don't know anything <laughs> about him maybe they just like they are super compostable maybe he's made of acid and every time he he just does like disintegrates like as soon as a self-destructing corpse oh yeah oh, i when think we solved it guys. whenever he gets caught he just like presses a little button on his chest and he like his bone okay Theory, yeah. theory time. Okay. I think we figured this out. Let's His go. bone marrow uh -huh. is acid. So yes. when he needs, when he dies or if he gets discovered, uh -huh. he breaks his bones. The acid <laughs> comes out, dissolves his whole body. That's why there's no Bigfoot That's bodies. why there's no Bigfoot. Oh, oh my gosh. It's so simple. Why we, didn't anybody think about that before? Wow. All right. Groundbreaking stuff here on yep. Grim Creepers. You mm -hmm. heard it here first. Yep. Bone marrow made of acid. Acid marrow. Yep. So the bones could deteriorate quickly. This is the one that gets really heavy into conspiracy stuff, as if we weren't already there. Um, hidden by government agencies. Every time there's bones, they're tracking all the Bigfoot tribes. They've got their little binoculars on, and as soon as they see one collapse, 
They just like scoop it up and take the it in their van. Government get, did it. Get it. Get it. Let's go. Let's go. We can't let all of those cryptozoologists know that Bigfoot is real because if they knew, then, uh, uh, then it'd uh, be well, bad. Uh, I think they're maybe they're trying to build an army of Bigfoots oh, and yeah. they don't want anyone to know about Super it. Super soldiers. I mean, they're three feet wide. That would be perfect for the military. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're solving them left and right here, guys. God, Bones made of acid. Army full of Bigfoots. Yeah. 2025, Bigfoot Acid Army is going to be my new band. <laughs> Come listen to Bigfoot Acid Army. Uh, we're going to be playing real soon. This is the most plausible I can possibly like think of. Is that the Sasquatch bury their dead, which I really like. Because it like fuses that sort of ape-like, human-like Aww. behavior. And so they're like mourning and they yeah, bury them on the ground. That's super sweet. It's really oh sweet. Oh my gosh. I would love to go to a little Bigfoot funeral. A Bigfoot funeral. A little Bigfoot funeral. <laughs> Just in memoriam to this wonderful, wonderful creature. Big graves. Big graves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But they have yeah. big hands. Yeah. Yeah. They're like shovels built right in. You're watching K. You're oh, you're listening to Grim Creepers on KSFS Radio right now. I'm one of your hosts, Inez Flores. We have our other host, Camille Hoffman. Nice to meet you. Yeah. So if you're just tuning in, hey, how's it going? So we just talked a little bit about Bigfoot. It was awesome. Uh, I ser- sincerely hope that you didn't miss it because it was quality stuff. We solved a lot of the big questions. I think we oh, yeah. solved the mystery of Bigfoot pretty much. We've got some great hypotheses going, and oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure that. That any scientist who listens would just say, well, I don't have any rebuttals for this. It's all, it's solved. It's solved. It's done. So Ooh. now we can move on to Mothman. Let's solve this one too. All right. I'm honestly so stoked about this, but uh, I could only scratch the surface of this today. I was like, oh, Mothman, cool. Um, and I started researching it and it's like, oh, it goes so much deeper than I thought. There's only so much you can do in a half hour. I know, right? So today I'm going to cover what I like to call the year of Mothman. Um, and it's like the most condensed, consistent, and credible accounts in one area. So this takes span over one year in one area um, surrounding Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, mm-hmm. So let me set the scene for you. All, All right. right. It's 1966. Um, We're in West Virginia, kind of just east of the Ohio River. And there's this huge wooded area. And a good number of acres of that is dedicated to... Okay. And I love this because I don't think you could think of a spookier type of place for this to happen. It's it's perfect. West Virginia so, is a great setting for all that. Oh I mean, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like Stephen King stuff. Seriously. So you have these dark and, and creepy woods. It's an, an abandoned TNT plant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Per- it's just so good. And uh, so they used to make hella explosives there like in World War II. It got shut down in the 40s. Now it's 1966 and this place looks like the Shire, but from hell. There's like a bunch of concrete domes everywhere, <laughs> um, but they're all vaulted off with like 
big doors or concrete slabs and radioactive hobbits right there's miles of tunnels just going underneath the ground actually there's a photographer joshua dudley green he has great photos of it uh, that he took not too long ago in 2001 Uh, i'll link those on the in our blog so you can check them out i love that urbex stuff just show me any abandoned building yes it's so good i'm so excited some solid mothman graffiti in there uh, (laughs) that he shows in those pictures so TNT plant, very spooky, lots of underground tunnels, um, and lots of high strangeness kind of surrounding the area. Uh, Okay, so before I go into the first few sightings of Mothman, I want to talk about my sources a little bit. Okay. Because I use some great websites. I'll also put the links to those in our blog. I'll have some links too for the Bigfoot stuff, just FYI. Um, But the main book I used as a source for this is The Mothman Prophecies by Mr. John Keel. That book is insane. It's good. It's so good. There's so much information, but also there's so much information. Yeah. Um, Double-edged sword. Exactly. So I'm not going to go into everything that he went into there today um, because next week I'm going to do a whole segment on John Keel. He's so interesting. He has so many theories about this kind of stuff, and he was there. And, uh... The way that he writes his presence there and his accounts of the situation bring a lot of color and context to what's going on. But we'll get into all that next week. Uh, For now, I'm going to cover just the year in Point Pleasant. And actually, the first sighting was November 15th, 1966. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about 1030 at night. Actually, it's a little ways outside of Point Pleasant. And uh, picture this. Point Uh, Pleasant. (laughs) Point Pleasant. Ish. Ish, yes. So we have an old Mr. Partridge watching TV with his dog. Suddenly the static goes on the TV. His dog starts going crazy and howling. His dog runs outside. And so he's like, ooh, what's going on? He goes out there. And um, his dog's like facing the woods, barking into the woods. And he shines his flashlight and just sees these two like reflective red glowing orbs. He's like, uh, no thank you. His no. dog though... Um, his dog's name was Bandit. Okay, Aww. prep yourself. So his dog runs into the forest trying to, like, own his territory or whatever, chase this thing off. Okay, I'm really concerned. Is the dog going to be okay? No spoilers. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. That doesn't sound um, good. Poor doggy. So, so dog runs in. Mr. Partridge is terrified. He gets his gun, but he's he's actually, like, overcome with terror. He can't go outside. So he goes to sleep with his gun, wakes up the next morning, and realizes that his dog never came back. No! Um, so we're going to stop Bandit. that story there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but now... About an hour later, we have two couples driving. Oh, okay, I think this is really funny. So these couples are driving around um, the TNT plant, and all the accounts say they were cruising around to find friends. So I don't know if that's just because it was the 60s, and that's how you hang out with people. Yeah, but you know, just cruise around the abandoned TNT plant and, at night. Hey, you doing anything? Let's hang out. Let's chill. That's where all the cool That's where go. I find all my friends. Yeah, I just drive around till... Yeah. Okay, so they're rolling around this TNT plant, and as they're kind of riding past this generator building, one of the ladies is like, (gasps) and uh, they all look and see 
two reflective glowing red orbs just there uh they're kind of near the the door of one of those domes um so they're transfixed everyone's almost like hypnotized staring at these lights and then the thing starts kind of shifting in the darkness and an uh, undulating mass of moth oh oh, that was beautiful (laughs) an undulating mass of moth starts shifting in the darkness and uh suddenly they see that these are eyes, and they're attached to the head of what looks like a seven-foot gray man with giant wings folded against his back. Um, and so they're still kind of transfixed, taking all of this in, and then it starts to move. It, like, takes a step, and they're like, oh, no, 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 and they burn out of yeah. there on their car. F that. <laughs> yes. But um, I'll hard pass on this whole situation. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the orbs, but as soon as, ever, like, it starts undulating and you see the wings, <laughs> that's a, a sign that you should maybe get out of there before the moth comes and, I don't know, eats the fabric on your clothes. Oh. Like, that's just kind of, like, that's all I know about moths is sometimes they eat fabric. Terrible, terrible problem. Um, Mothballs, those aren't a thing anymore. Anyway, (laughs) so um, they burn out. And as they're driving towards the exit road, a little ways down, they see it again kind of perched on this hilltop. And then the way they describe it is it shoots out its wings. It has like a a 10-foot wingspan. And then it just rises straight up like like a, a drone, I guess. They didn't have that for comparison back then, but imagine just like a drone coming straight up in the air and then just starts following them <laughs> and they're going like a hundred miles an hour. They're like, no, 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 yeah. no. This thing is keeping up with them the whole way, not even flapping its wings, just gliding. And so they're horrified. They go all the way to the city limits and it stops chasing them there. This is where things tie back together. On their way out of the city limits, they see a carcass of a big dog. Um, so they go and they tell the sheriff, da, 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 and actually the sheriff knows these kids are like, they're never in any trouble. I fully believe them. Let's go check it out. When they go back, body's gone. Huh. So that was the first day. Literally the next day, November 16th, we have uh, a family that actually lives in a house that's kind of on the premises within the TNT plant area. And they're coming home one day and they see some red lights like kind of hovering in the sky. Um, so they stop and kind of take a look at it and then they drive home. So they have this friend with them who has a baby. Everyone gets out of the car and then they see from the side of the car, it looks like someone laying down just stands straight up. Another oh. seven foot gray man with glowing red eyes and wings. Um, and you know I, him, you love him. You know him, you love him. It's the, the moth man. man. The man of moth. So moth man. Um, I guess this isn't that funny, but the, every account says like, she was so scared, she dropped her baby. Oh, um, so no. uh, drops the baby. I'm guessing they picked the baby back up. Everyone runs inside and they account that this creature keeps lurking and looking in their windows and like all this crazy stuff. I mean, I guess some cranial damage on your baby is a little bit less harmful than having them get eaten by a giant moth. Right? Like, I guess maybe that's a testament to how, because a lot of people that saw Mothman, they they said there's some things about his eyes where if you look into the red eyes, it's like you 
tend to get transfixed, right? Yeah. And a little bit hypnotized. And then mm -hmm. uh, everyone describes this unnatural feeling of like intoxicating terror. Mm -hmm. It's like terror that they've never ever felt before. Sort of deer in headlights thing. Yeah, sort of like, am I looking into the abyss right now <laughs> type of thing? Um, so it, it, I guess it would make sense if she's just like so transfixed, she drops her baby. Yeah. Um, so John Keel, is in the area at the time. He records over a hundred different instances of sightings very similar to this. Uh, a, a gray man that's between seven and 10 foot, feet tall, huge wings, glowing red eyes. Um, and this goes on for a year in Point Pleasant. I'm gonna go more into uh, details next week when I talk about John Keel because um, there's a lot of high strangeness going on in that area at the time. Mm -hmm. and. Um, John Keel just loves to put himself right in the middle of it. Uh, so we'll get into those details later. Now, with the with the Year of Mothman saga, it ends um, around, like, November 1967, about just a year after it started. Sightings start to die down. Craziness around the area starts to die down. Mothman was taking a little breather. I mean, you can only it be a terror to some little West Virginia town for so long right. before you need to, you know, take a, just break. take a break, watch some stuff on Netflix, you know, have some me time. It was just a year long endeavor. He was like, mm, I'll, I'll haunt these people for like a year. I'm good. It was a pet project. Yeah. You know? What will happen if I just go out and scare some folks for a while? <laughs> so he, and that's what I was going to mention too. It seemed like he never necessarily hurt anybody. Okay few things actually so dogs did were casualties a lot of times dogs and animals ended up mutilated he never necessarily hurt people it seemed like he really was into scaring them like he loved just like chasing people around there was something about like women that are menstruating that he would like love to scare them like it was like huh. a lot of accounts came from women that were huh. yeah yeah so isn't that interesting that's an interesting hmm. little detail <laughs> and interesting that the women would mention this too it's like what's the uh common factor with all of these women I think, oh you know perioding i think that john keel was probably just running around asking women if they were uh menstruating it sounds more like john keel's thing i don't think mothman was really into that yeah. i think keel was just like hey hey are you flowing i just gathered all this data <laughs> um, i just so, had to know so yeah he didn't necessarily hurt people but he did give a lot of people conjunctivitis <gasps> which is like if you don't know what that is it's like a really bad sunburn on your eyes it can cause blindness for like up to a few days so does he just like have like light radiating out of his eyes yeah i guess so like some little superman laser beams there's a few stories like uh yeah a lot of people like i think the lady that dropped her baby had got pretty bad conjunctivitis and there's um a story about a couple in a car and they're you know having a little fun time in the car whatever i think it was an extramarital affair well then they see mothman and they just get full body sunburns like full body sunburns um so i mean it didn't seem like he was maliciously hurting people but he like radiates something that just uh, give you the conjunctivitis man like so it doesn't seem like he was maliciously hurting people he loved scaring people the unfortunate ending of mothman is that in december 1967 uh, right after ab about exactly it was actually december 15th 1967 so exactly a year and a month after everything started the silver bridge that connected point pleasant 
West Virginia with Ohio. It's a 700-foot bridge. It randomly collapsed in the middle of rush hour. Um, depressing stuff warning here. So uh, 46 people died in that accident, two of which who were never found. Um, and super tragedy. Of course, John Keel finds his way to put himself in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of theories about how this ties into Mothman and the high strangeness in the area. I personally think the dates and times of those are a little too convenient for it to not be related. But like this paranormal stuff, it's ooky spooky. It goes behind the scenes. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so a really unfortunate ending there. There is so much more to cover with Mothman, um, but I'm going to get into more of that next week when I talk about John Keel. This guy is so interesting. Oh my gosh, you're going to love it. Um, so we're going to go into a little more Mothman music right now, and then we'll be back in just a second. All right, guys, that was You Better Run, Godless Wicked Creeps. Creeps. Creeping. Straight up creeping. Speaking of creeping, this has been uh, Grim Creepers here on KSFS Radio. Thanks for joining us today. And tune in next week, Sundays, 1 to 2 p.m. Next week, we're going to talk a lot about John Keel. A lot about John Keel. And I will probably be introducing you to a little creature called the Wendigo. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Also, in future episodes, we are going to have guests telling us their personal paranormal experiences, nightmares, all that good stuff. If you have anything you'd like to talk with us about, you can send it through our webpage. You can DM us on Instagram. We love to hear your stories. Yeah, we're just trying to collect as many stories as possible. Even if we don't get to it immediately in the weeks following, we'll probably put it in our back catalog and save it for a show that we really want to um, explore. So um, don't be afraid to call in in the coming weeks. We would love to hear from you live if you're brave enough. (laughs) If you dare. If you dare. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Up next, we have The Bus Down. Um, So be sure to stay tuned. And we're going to just lead out with our little theme song here. Thank you so much, guys. This has been Keep Creepin'. Grim Creepers.